Carolina, and this recording is from one of our church services. For more information, visit our website at churchofphiladelphia.com. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the message. Go to our foundational scripture, and I know we're still home, uh, but we still want to honor the Lord. So if you don't mind, if you can indulge me, uh, we can stand for the reading of God's word. We're going to go to our foundational scripture, the book of Proverbs, chapter number six, and we're going to land on verse number 16. Uh, Proverbs chapter number six, and land on verse number 16. Amen. And here begins the reading of God's holy word. It says, these six things that the Lord hate, yes, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood. And an heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift and running to mischief. A false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. Amen. And today we're dealing with number six, you know, as we're still in this current sermon series, the seven things that God hates, the seven things that God hates. And today I would say we're dealing with number six and number six is a false witness that speaketh lies, right? And so the title that we have today that we're going to be working with is watch your witness. And we're going to be talking about watch your witness, watch your witness, because one thing about your character, your character is a witness of how you live. Your character will testify about how you live. And so understand your character is the witness of your life. And so we want to make sure that you understand when we're saying watch your witness. We're talking about watching the character. Watch the things that are produced in you. Watch the things that spring up in you. Watch the things that you allow the enemy to try to shape or mold in you. Because the truth of the matter is we should be allowing ourselves as sons and daughters, as believers, as citizens of the kingdom. We should be allowing ourselves to be shaped by the word of God. So watch your witness. Your witness being your character. Amen. And so I got a collection of scriptures. And so as we're dealing right here, we're going down to uh, 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 Proverbs chapter number six, verse number 16. He says, these six things that the Lord hate, yes, seven are an abomination, right? And, and this word abomination, again, we've been consistently telling you this is, the, is what is defined as. It is defined as something that is disgusting, something that is very, very, very disgusting to God. Right. And it makes God wants to vomit. It causes God to become nauseous or queasy on his stomach, uh, thereby causing God to want to stay as far as away from the individual who operates in this particular thing or this thing in and of itself. It causes God to want to stay as far as away as he possibly can from this thing. Right. And so the sixth thing that we're talking about, that's an abomination unto the Lord today is we are talking about a false witness. And so we're talking about watch your witness. Right. Now, these are some of the Hebraic terms and, and, and uh, uh, definitions for the word false, right? False is defined as uh, to deal falsely, uh, to trick or to cheat, uh, to be untrue in the words, right? Uh, false is also defined as deception. Uh, what deceives or disappoints or betrays one um, is also defined as emptiness, nothingness, emptiness of speech worthlessness of conduct. False is also defined as in the Hebrew uh, to conceal the real facts, motives, or intentions. Um, and lastly, uh, to wrong or to do violence towards, right? So these are some of the definitions that we see when we talk about what a false witness is that speaketh lies. And so even when you talk about a false witness that speaketh lies, you got to look at 
everything, the fact that the witness himself uh, uh, speaks lies is coming from a place of falsity, right? So it's, 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 it's derived from a sense of falseness. So understand no matter what the witness speaks is going to be lies. And so we see him in the thing, it's a false witness where he goes or she goes and she talks about uh, the character of one, right? Where he deals falsely or she deals falsely with her neighbor or his neighbor uh, and the means of tricking them or to cheat them, right? Or to bring about words that are untrue, hint, lie, uh, or to come with the form of deception where they're going to deceive, you know, for their own selfish motives and purposes. Not just that, it says, it's also defines as what deceives or disappoints or betrays one. So the false witness comes with the motive to deceive and, and, and because they deceive their neighbor, like the scripture calls it, right? Uh, this deception brings about disappointment. It brings about disappointment to the one that has now been forced to succumb to the deception of the false witness or this false witness that's bringing the deception to the life of the neighbor. So it brings about disappointment to the life of the neighbor. Uh, uh, it also brings about a sense of betrayal. You know somebody and can you relate where you felt like somebody has betrayed you because uh, they, they, they brought slanderous words or they brought about lies, you know, in regards to your character, thereby causing a false witness to be breathed out, right? And so understand this right here. Uh, not only does it do that right there, bring uh, this disappointment of betrays, right? Uh, in, in essence, these, these, these empty words, this, this false testimony or this false witness, the Lord looks at it as, you know, it's empty. It's nothing. You know, uh, the speech itself is empty. The words that are being spoken, you know, in, in the eyes of God, the true judge, they are empty words. They, they, they amount to nothing, right? But we understand here in this natural realm, these words, right, these words can bring a world of damage to the neighbor per se or the ones that uh, this false witness is coming up against right it, those words can bring a world of damage they can bring a world of hurt to the person that they've been spoken about and so uh the false witness when he speaks these lies right it, it, the lord looks at it again as his conduct as being worthless his conduct or her conduct is worthless behavior or conduct right and so understand the motive or the intention of the false witness when they go to speak these particular things that they speak right they're trying their best to conceal the facts Things that we know to be true, they're going with the intent to leave those things that we know to be true on purpose to leave them out, right? And so they're not just trying to conceal the facts, they're trying to conceal their motives, they're also trying to conceal their intentions, right? You know, to do just, just be foul or just to be wrong. And in doing this, it, it talks about to do violence, right? Now, though they're speaking certain words, they may not come in a manner where they physically uh, uh, were violent towards an individual. But if you're like me, I thank God for deliverance. But if you're like me and some days God has to just put his hand on me and just hold me in place because there were some people when they say different things, oh, it gets, it gets, I, I see I'm not like you, I'm not perfect. Some things still bother me. What you said about still bother me. Uh, can I go ahead and really be honest with y'all? I'm 42 right now. You understand it is 2021, but I need you to still understand this right here. If somebody were to talk about my mama and my daddy, I'm still of the mindset that 
I will fight. Oh, yes. You can't talk about my mom and my dad. And I know I'm saved. I'm still saved. I'm saved real, real good. But God is still helping me. God is still delivering me. But uh, uh, he loves the truth. And the Bible says it's the truth that you know that will make you free. And, and you may not understand this, but I'm just telling you a truth. You talk about my mom and my dad. Hey, I'm still of the mindset that I will fight you behind my mom and my dad. Yes, I said that. And I'm still saved. You know, so hold all your judgments. I'm still saved. Yes, I am. I'm still saved. I'm still saved, right? So understand, when they speak these words, they're not doing it in the sense where they have not become physically violent toward people. But sometimes it is us, the neighbor, that wants to return with violence or respond in a violent manner. If you're like me, I'm just saying, I, you can't keep talking about me, especially not to my face. You understand what I'm saying? And, and, and think that that's going to be cool because uh, it, it's just not going to be cool. I, I, I wasn't raised like that. And, and you got to understand he's he's shaping and molding me. And while he's shaping and molding me as I am the clay in the hand of the potter, listen, I still got a couple of cracks that he trying to seal up, right? And that's one of those cracks where, listen, you're not about to talk crazy to me and think I ain't about to say anything back. Now, my time is it, disciplined to a certain point. Now, understand when he tells me to shut up, I'm going to shut up now. Or before I get an opportunity to say something and he tells me to shut your mouth, then I am not going to say anything. Just understand, if God does not intervene in that manner, I, I have a tendency to say something. Listen, because I, I don't want you to think you punk me. I don't want you to believe that you got over on me. No, 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 no. It's, it's just it's just not that type of part. You understand what I'm saying? It's just not the type of part. So we're talking about the false witness and the pain, the damage, the hurt that a false witness can bring to the life of an individual. They can make you respond out of character. So what I'm trying to tell you is you have got to watch your character. Help me, Lord. I, I, I have got to watch my character. If there is a false witness that is going with the motive uh, to speak lies about me, I must be in a place where I'm disciplined enough. So I got enough sense to say, Lord, help me. If this should happen, help me that, that, that I don't mess up my character. I don't ruin my character. I don't come out of character, God. God already understands who he's dealing with in regards to me, right? And so I believe that God will help me and I believe that God will help you as well. Amen. 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 All right. So we're going to be like some gymnastics and we're going to flip over right to the book of Matthew. We're going to go to the book of Matthew, chapter number 15, and we're going to land at verse number 16. And here is the reading of God's word. It says, and Jesus said, are ye also yet without understanding? Right. He says, do not ye yet understand that whatsoever entereth at the mouth goeth into the belly and is cast out into the drought. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man, right? They defile the man, for out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, false witnesses, and blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. But to eat with unwashed hands defileth not a man. And here we are, because you understand uh, the Pharisees were questioning Jesus about the conduct or the behavior of his disciples eating without washing their hands. You understand? 
And so they got all these different things. And then as we move down into the passage of scripture where we are, the disciples come and say, you, you do you understand when you said what you said to the Pharisees or to the religious leaders, they were upset about what you said? Yeah, Jesus was, I understand that they're upset about this. And then the disciples is, well, well what were you really saying? He's saying, you don't understand. Uh, that it's, it's not that you eat with, with dirty hands that's defiling you. Now, yes, that's nasty. Yes, that's disgusting. But that's not the thing that's causing you to be defiled, right? The defilement comes from the place of the heart, right? So we're now talking about the breeding ground of the false witness. We're now talking about the breeding ground or the place of production of defilement, which is the heart, the heart, the heart, the heart, the heart. And understand it is pushed from the heart through the gate of the mouth, through the opening of the mouth and released into the world or released into the world of an individual by the way of the words that we speak and how we entertain and the things that we say to one another. This is where the defilement comes from. It comes from the place of the heart, right? The heart. So he said, but those things which proceed out of the mouth, they come from the heart. Now understand, right? Uh, here is a definition for the word heart in the Greek. This is what Christ is talking about when he talks about the heart right here. He's talking about the, the understanding of the heart. You know, uh, Mike, give me the definition for the word heart. He's talking about the understanding of the heart. He's talking about the seats, the passions, the emotions, uh, uh, the affections, right? So all of these particular things in, in reference to the heart, right? So we understand that the heart, according to the Greek, it is the center and the seat of the spiritual life, right? Uh, it is also defined as the soul or the mind, as it is the fountain and the seat of the thoughts, uh, the passions, the desires, the appetites, the affections, the purposes, and the endeavors, as well as the understanding. This is where your understanding, simply put, your understanding comes from the heart. And as we've told you in Hebraic culture, uh, especially in the scripture, the word mind and heart can be used interchangeably. But in Hebraic culture, we tell you that uh, the Hebraic people, they make decisions from the heart, right? Especially those things that require much thought and much meditation and a deep thought, you know, it's a serious decision. They make it from the place of the heart. And we, we understand that the mind and the heart, they're in consistent communication with one another. So understand, the Lord is saying, the heart, the heart, those things that proceed out of mind, they come forth from the heart. They come from the spiritual place that is on the inside of you. Take me back to the definition. They come from the, the spiritual place that is on the side of you. This place that is the center and the seat of your spiritual realm on the inside of you, right? It also talks about the soul of the mind or the mind, right? This is where this defilement is coming from. As it is the fountain, that thing that spews up or that things that pours out and comes out of the fountain, which is the seat of the thoughts, right? Uh, the passions, the desires, the appetites, the affections, the purposes, the endeavors, and the understanding. Understanding. So all of this comes from the place of the heart. And it says, this is what defiles a man. So it says, for out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, evil thoughts. Think about that. So what's coming out of the fountain of your heart? It says evil thoughts. And this is why we must consistently keep our heart before God. This is why we must consistently ask God to cleanse our heart. You know, keep our heart cleansed with the word. Wash it with the blood of Jesus Christ because he's saying out of the heart proceed. This is where the evil thoughts come from. 
You know, when you can think all kind of crazy thoughts about folk. And, and don't let somebody, don't let somebody, you feel like somebody's doing a little bit better than you in life. How easily the enemy will let them uh, 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 be uh, produce evil thoughts in, in our heart. You know, you'll find yourself start thinking you better than them and you start whispering things, you know what I'm saying? Going mauling over things in your head about these particular people, right? They think they all that because they got such and such, right? You don't know what it took for them to get what they got. You don't know what prayer they were praying, but because we're not in the seat of blessing as it appears or feels at the moment, this is where we can allow the enemy to trick us to bring about evil thoughts about someone else. And, and what about this one right here? Do you know somebody and can you relate when you come to the place where you're having to be corrected by God? Well, God is using a natural man or a woman as a vessel in his hand and he uses them to correct you. And their correction is not always in a polite manner. Sometimes it can be a little harsh. It can be a little rough. And you quickly develop evil thoughts about the individual. They didn't have to yell at me. They didn't have to raise their voice at me. They didn't have to say it that way. I can't stand them. Do you know somebody, can you believe? Have you been there where you said, I can't stand the person that God sent to correct you, the one that he sent it to actually help you, but you could stand the messenger or you couldn't stand the one that God was using to help you. I'm gonna go ahead and raise my hand. There were many a days I, 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 I despise how apostle would rebuke me to the door, but I understand it was for my good. God was using him to help break some things in me, to help bring me to a place of discipline, to help bring me to a place of understanding. Well, the truth of the matter is I had evil thoughts about the methodology. I had evil thoughts about him, the individual bringing it. And there were days I want to be like, God, I want to see him get in trouble there. Sure. Like, uh, I, uh, he's always been a witness to me getting in trouble because he's bringing the correction. I want to see him get in trouble someday. Now, I know he tells me, Lincoln, God gets me and all. No, I want to see God get you. You understand? And isn't that just like some of us? You're not satisfied until you know that God is getting someone like he gets you. Until you know God is whooping somebody like he whoops you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of us, you feel your satisfaction don't come until you can see it with your own eyes that somebody else is being corrected. See, some of you, you, you won't be satisfied until you get, see me get correct. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but you should have got plenty of satisfaction because I was getting correct and rebuke all the time. Oh, yes. Uh, I was on every CD. Yes, my name was being called on all the church services. Yeah. yeah there was no partiality. No, he was calling my name on every church service. I'm talking about Sundays, uh, morning at 8 o'clock and 11 o'clock and Wednesday Bible studies. And even the times we had evening service, my name was being called. My name was being called. Prophetic class, pit, my name was being called. Oh, yeah. It was just accustomed to being called. For some of us, you feel, listen, I just will not get that satisfaction not to see him get rebuked. And it's not just me, the person that rebuked you or had to correct you. Someday, some of y'all won't be satisfied until you see Pastor Ivan get rebuked, or till you see Prophetess Portia get rebuked, or till you see Prophetess Richard get rebuked, or till you see Prophetess Bonita get rebuked. Yeah, yeah. There are times Prophetess Bonita has to rebuke the praise and worship team, or Minister Cruz has to rebuke the dance team, right? But you feel you won't get no satisfaction until you see them get rebuked. 
Yeah. And so you can sit and just laugh off in the background. You understand? And just, oh, just do your hand because it was so good to you to watch them be a part of their correction or be a part of the setting of them being rebuked. Yeah, I know you ain't going to talk about it. That's why I'm going to talk about it for you. Yeah. For some of you, you it, 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 it's not going to feel that good until you can actually witness it. But this is how we allow the enemy to, to, to seed or drop those seeds and these evil thoughts are now produced. And again, understand, understand, we're talking about, understand, he begins to talk about murders, right? These murders. And we've already talked about in the passage of scripture, in the book of Proverbs, how hands that shed innocent blood, right? And, and it's not always a physical murder. Sometimes it's character assassination, things of that nature right there. So again, we see all of this stuff is proceeding or coming forth out of the heart, this, this fountain that is known as the heart. Murders. Mm-hmm. Uh, killjoy. Some of us are killjoy sometimes. Uh, you woke up on what they say on the wrong side of the bed. And so because you didn't get a good night's sleep, you know somebody can you relate? You, you you didn't get a good night's sleep like 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 today would be a good thing that you really didn't get a good night's sleep because that 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 daylight saving hour just that thing just crept up on some of us. Like I know it's crept up on me real good, even though my wife told me that it's getting ready to take place. Uh, my body did not make the adjustment that it needed to make. Three o'clock, I was still up and I was looking at my phone at three o'clock in the morning when I knew I should have been asleep, but my body just would not just wind down like I know it should. And I said, well, I don't need to help myself go to sleep, meaning I don't need to use uh, uh, something like a, a, a melatonin or something because then I might struggle to get up. Knowing here in two short hours or so, well, less than two hours, I'm going to have to get up for prayer. You know, and I'm gonna have to make sure I'm alert in the prayer, participating in the prayer, and all these stuff, encouraging in the prayer, and, and making sure that we're prepared to do what we're supposed to do for five o'clock prayer when we come to seek God. Mm. Think of that when you're not trying to be a killjoy or assassinate someone's character. Uh, think about the opportunities you have murdered where you could have got close to God, you know, seeking him early while he may be found, calling upon him while he's near. Think about the many opportunities you have self-sabotaged or destroyed. It, it simply put, you murdered this opportunity to get closer to God, to hear what God wanted to speak concerning your day early that morning uh, because of your fatigue, because because of your weariness, because of your tiredness, you, you decided, now nah, I'm going to kill this opportunity and I'm going to roll back over. I'm going to kill this opportunity and I'm going to hit the snooze button. I'm not getting up right now. I'm not, no, 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 no. Or I'm going to kill the opportunity just for the sake of if somebody is going to ask me, did I make prayer this morning? I'm going to say some old raggedy, weak, you know what I'm saying, crazy prayer. God, I've been the blood. The devil is a lie. Stop murdering the opportunities to be closer to God. Stop murdering the opportunities to hear from God, they set your day in order. So out of this fountain called the heart, we see the adulteries come forth. And we told you adulteries, not just in the sense of this physical adultery, talking about a, a, a man uh, stepping out on his wife or a woman stepping out on her husband. No, the different the financial adultery, communal adultery, all these different means of adultery, right? Emotional adultery, where you share your emotions uh, uh, instead of with the intended one, that being your spouse, you were so easily and quickly to share your emotions, you know, what your day was like and what what. Uh, and all the things that transpired in your day, what it made you feel like. It's so easy for you to talk to other people other than your spouse. You understand? Uh, we're talking about emotional uh, adultery, right? And then there were the fornications, the fornications, the fornications, right? And the thefts, thefts. 
And then we move to the false witness, the false witness, that thing that is untrue, that thing that is a lie, that thing that is a sham, that thing that is deception, what deceives or disappoints or betrays someone. The false witness, it spews or it is poured out of the fountain known as the heart. Following suit are the blasphemies. So now we're talking about the ground in which these things are produced, in which these things spring up from, that brings about defilement into the life of an individual. It is the heart. Then when you move into this blasphemy, having this out of control, just uncontrolled, just, just lack of respect for people and for the things of God. So simply when we talk about this blasphemy, we're just talking about this out of control sense of, uh, or this lack of proper, healthy respect for individuals. Think about how many times throughout the course of your day you're disrespectful because of an evil thought, a thought that you didn't necessarily release into the atmosphere, but something that you thought about or allowed to roll around in your mind, roll around and bounce around in your heart, and, and it caused you to roll your eyes, to have that evil eye, that cutting of the eye, that raising of the eyebrow, that lifting of the nose to the, where you thought you were better than someone because of an evil thought. It produced blasphemy in you because this is unhealthy respect for individuals. See, most of us, we have good sense not to blaspheme against God or the Holy Spirit because we understand that's the one sin that we should not receive forgiveness for if you blaspheme against the Holy Ghost, right? If you have the utmost, utterly uh, 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 disrespect towards the Holy Spirit, there is no forgiveness for that. But there is still, we got to look at it like this, there is still a disrespect towards God, although you're not necessarily disrespecting the Holy Spirit per se, but there is a disrespect towards God when you disrespect his creation. That's like if I show disrespect towards someone else's child, right? In essence, I'm disrespecting that child, but at the same time, I'm disrespecting their parents too. Because how dare you as a grown man talk to my child like this, look at my child like this? Something is wrong. Because I know if somebody did it to one of my children, oh, hands down, we got problems. We got problems. We have serious problems. Blasphemies, right? that not having the proper respect for individuals as well as God. All these things come forth out of the heart, the fountain known as the heart, right? He says, for out of the heart, which the evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thus false witness, blasts. These are the things which defile a man. So we're seeing the things that defiles a man, causes him to become unclean, causes him to become worthless. These things that come forth out of the heart. Because we're talking about this, this false witness, right? And again, we're talking about you better watch your character. How has your character been influenced by the evil thoughts? 
How has your character been influenced by the murders, the silent murders, the murders that we carried out in our mind? Uh, how has your character been influenced by the adultery, the fornications, the thefts? Still in the time of people, still in the wisdom of people, and not utilizing it for the purpose in which it was given. How many times you sat in a meeting with folk or how many times God has put you on the mind or dropped you on the spirit of somebody and these folk interrupt their day, gave you some of the time out of their day to declare what does set the Lord to you. And you will let the devil trick you. Well, I didn't call you, you called me. And you feel like somebody's wasting your time because they're trying to give you what does set the Lord. And, and, and what they're trying to give you, it's not pleasurable to you. So you feel your time has been wasted. Or you feel like you've been insulted behind what they just spoke or released into your life. No, the fact that you failed to handle it properly, you have just stolen the time or stolen the wisdom of someone and tread upon it. So I said, don't cast your pearls before swine. It was something different when God tells you to do it. But there were some people, they just, they just like to talk. They just want to be heard. They just want people to believe that they're so smart. And so all the time they're trying to interject in conversations and, and all the time that they're trying to show and prove to you how smart they are, how intelligent they are based upon what it is that they got to say. Sometimes show us how smart you are by being quiet. Oh, I know you want me to stop, but I, 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 I won't stop, can't stop till you get enough. I, 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 I just won't stop. Show us how intelligent you are that you can show us you know how to be quiet. You can show us you know when to be quiet. Start right there. Then we'll start understanding that. Okay, you, you got a little smart, so you don't bring some intelligence about you. I know you don't like that, but I'm not here for you to like it. I'm here to tell you the truth. Sometimes you got to be smart enough to be quiet. Yeah, so, so all of these things that the father man, they come out of the fountain known as the heart, 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 heart. So you must be mindful of how these things are trying to influence your character. And this is where the character flaws are now produced. Because it comes and it stems from the evil thoughts, the murders, the adulteries, the fornications, the thefts, the false witnesses, and the blasphemy. This is where you find the character flaws showing up or the shortcomings in the life of an individual because of this fountain known as the heart is spewing the pour out. All of these flaws, these, these defiled things are coming forth out of the individual, producing character flaws, producing shortcomings in the life of the individual. See, there were some fountains that need to be plugged up. They just need to be stopped altogether. So that I would rather have a river than a fountain. I need rivers of living water flowing on the inside of me rather than this fountain spewing, this, this, this unclean or this defiled fountain spewing out of the things. I need the rivers of living water flowing on the inside of me. Hmm. So we must be careful when we talk about the heart. We must be careful to understand and know that, that the heart uh, and the character is being influenced by the heart, by the mind, these things that are being produced inside the mind or the heart. 
It can taint our witness. It can contaminate our witness. It can mess up your witness, your character. When you talk about witnessing, the Hebrew is defined as witness or testimony. Uh, I remember the son say, I got a testimony. <laughs> we all got a testimony, but what is it? And if we have to judge the type of testimony, will people say it's a good testimony or is it a bad testimony? Is it an evil testimony? But you all, we all have a testimony. We all have a witness. We all have a character. So understand a witness is also defined as evidence of things. It is the, the evidence that things actually exist. So my heart is the proof that there can be evil thoughts. There was a such thing as evil thoughts. My heart is the proof that there was a such thing as silent murders. Now, when you talk about in this Hebrew, a false witness that speaketh lies, right? This word speaketh in the Hebrew begins to talk about how they blow or to breathe or to excite and flame, right? To, to, to excite or inflame, to utter or kindle a fire. When the false witness speaketh lies, he's basically breathing lies or breathing fire to something causing something to be heated up based upon the lies that are coming forth out of his mouth. He's kindling a fire. He habitually speaks lies. She habitually speaks lies. It's the habit. It's natural for them to speak lies. It's habit for them. And like we told you, a lie, simply put, is defined as an untruth or falsehood. Tell a lie, be a liar or to disappoint. Do you understand lying to someone brings disappointment to the relationship? To a false witness that speak of lies. These are the things you breathe. You breathe out excitement. And I'm not talking about where you go and call somebody to be excited like, yeah. No, you excite an individual. You cause them to be inflamed, infuriating, based upon the things that you're speaking or blowing or breathing out of your mouth. Now, I, I want to go into our last scripture, right? And we're going to go back over to the book of Proverbs, and we're going to go to Proverbs. Look to the book of Proverbs chapter number 25, and we're going to land on verse number 18, and it says, a man that beareth false witness against his neighbor is a mom, and a sword, and a sharp arrow, All right? He's, he's a mom, and a sword, and a sharp arrow. So if that fountain known as the heart is not plugged up or stopped, this is what it turns a man into. This is what it turns a woman into. Who is the false witness? So a man or a woman that bear a false witness against his neighbor is a mom. And when we talk about mom in the Hebrew, mom is simply defined as a mallet. 
Malice used for breaking or scattering. So because the false witness speaketh lies and bears false witness against his neighbor, it has now turned the man into a maul. You are as a tool used in the hands of the enemy, a tool known as a mallet used to break. Break their self-esteem. Break their self-worth. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 notice in the hands of the enemy, you're a mallet, but when God uses us for the breaking, God uses us as a hammer. <laughs> uh, you, you understand what I'm saying? And when you look at a hammer, a hammer has two distinct different ends. One for hammering a nail, but one for also uprooting, pulling a nail out. Whereas a mallet, both ends are used to hammer or to pound, to break. So he said, because you are the false witness and, and, and used as a tool in the hand of the enemy, the enemy uses you as a, as a mallet. He's using to break people down and not in a good sense. Notice why people begin to avoid you. And, and you know, as we, we begin to talk about feet that are swift to run into mischief. Uh, and Pastor Ivan was sitting on some of these things in Bible study. When you come into the room uh, because people have an issue with you, because you've allowed yourself to be used as a mom or not in the hands of the enemy, uh, people easily, and they try to do it in an unnoticeable manner, but they try to ease out the room when you come into the room. Their feet are now swift to depart from your presence. Because all you do is break. You've been breaking, chipping away at their self-esteem, chipping away at their self-worth. Uh, around you, they never believed that they were smart. Around you, they never believed that they were good enough. Around you, they never believed that they were worthy of your praise, of your adoration, of your attention. And, and there were people in relationships, they feel they, they, they're, they're real gymnasts in the relationship doing all kind of black flips and all kind of 360 twists in the air to please you, to make you happy. And if we were to measure what you give in the relationship, the scales are, are very balanced, they're very, unbalanced scales, what you give versus what you receive with the people that you are in relationship. And it's because you, 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 you take rather than give, you're, you're breaking the relationship. The enemy is using you as a mallet in the relationship. Just chipping away at them. And it won't be long before that one hit comes and they just fall apart based upon how you've handled them. They've been trying to hold it together. They've been secretly crying and secretly whispering up prayers to God. God, help me. I don't want to break. God, help me. I don't want to give up. Help me, God. I don't want to quit. God, help me. And, and you don't understand. You could be the one to bring that last blow that will cause them to just fall completely apart. You don't know how the enemy is attacking them to have a mental breakdown, an emotional breakdown, to just physically just give up and say it's not worth it, to walk away from the relationship. But see, there are some pains, this is not worth it. 
no, 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 no. That 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 hurt. It's just not worth. Not not from you. Oh no, it's it's just not worth it. That pain from you, it's just not worth it. Uh, you know that's uh, I, I I I can do bad all by myself is what they say. I I I bring enough pain and hurt to my own life based on some of the decisions that I make regarding myself. I don't need you bringing the extra to my life. I need you assisting, helping me. You understand? I don't need you hurting me while trying to help me. He says, so the enemy, you become a maw or mallet used to break or to scatter. <laughs> Again, notice people try to get away from your presence. Their, their, their feet become swift to, to departing from your presence. You are a natural scatterer. Can't scatter nothing in the realm of the spirit, but you can scatter people. Like when you walk up, everybody just get quiet all of a sudden. Like you like. What? Are y'all talking about me? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. You know. He said, and, 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 and you become this, this one that bears false witnesses against his neighbor becomes a mom. But he said he also becomes a sword, right? A sword. And when you talk about a sword, it's an instrument used for cutting. Now, if you're not used as an instrument, meaning the, the, the mallet, that the enemy used you as an instrument of a sword, now I'm going to use you to cut. Oh, there's some cutters. You, you, you probably never cut yourself. See, I was never, I would never cut myself, but oh, I was good at cutting people. I will cut you with my words. Oh, yes, I will. I will cut you with some of the looks I gave you. And then if you want to take it a step further, I know how to cut you off. We can be in the same room and you can feel that you are cut off. Yes. Some of you are cutters. By nature, you are a cutter. By nature, you are a sword. Notice, if people have said, they got a sharp tongue, they got a sharp mouth, those were sharp words. By nature, some of us are cutters. I'm not saying cutter in the sense that you cut yourself. But in a spiritual sense, you do cut yourself. Man, I just don't see how I'm going to make it. And you just cut yourself. I'm going to make it with the help of God. I'm going to make it by the word of God. I'm going to make it by trusting God and standing on his word. Now, I'm not saying I have not been to this place where I have not cut myself before. Because I have in the room of the spirit. I've talked like that before. And I'm so glad that God would check me. Get your conversation right. Get your words right. Do you understand the words are spirit in their life? You are cutting the life away from yourself every time you cut yourself. Doubt me. Walk in unbelief. Walk in fear or anxiety. You are cutting yourself. And before long, if you keep cutting yourself in the same place, eventually you're going to cut it off. How can I hang on if I keep cutting the things that I'm able to hang on with? Damn. He said you become a sword in the hands of the enemy, an instrument that is used for cutting. How many times have you pierced somebody? 
pierce them with your sharp words. Okay, 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 okay. You said, well, nah, I, I, I ain't do that, I ain't do that, I ain't do that. Uh, uh, how many times have you, you've been that knight, that little small sword, that little knight, you know, that went right here, somebody in, in the back, put the knife in that bag and just, uh, and just turned it, just turn it in. I know y'all don't want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about that right there. Right? You you become that sword as a false witness. Right? Uh, thank you, Holy Spirit. I, listen, I want to show you something. When you, because I want you to get an image of something. I, I, thank you, Holy Spirit. Right? There were some images that I have when you talk about false. Right? The man that beareth false witness. Right? When you talk about false, this is the Hebraic word picture. Right? Uh, for the word false. Right? It, it talks about the palm. The palm flows. Right? Or leaks through the hair. Right? So this water that is in the hand. Right? This this these hands cannot properly hold the water. The water somehow finds a hole or a space between or in the hands to escape from the palms of the hand. Right? So it leaks out of the hand. It is a momentary false promise. So we told you because a person bear a false witness, they speak lies. So the things that they're saying, it sounds real good. It looks real good. The paint, the picture that they're painting with their words. But in essence, this is what it is. It's, you are like trying to hold water in your hands. And if your hands are not cupped right, if your hands are not in the right position, if your hands are not large enough, you're not going to properly be able to hold the water. Some of the water is going to escape your hands, if not all of it, denoting that those words that were released by the mouth of the false witness is momentary. It's a promise that's, that's false. It's something that is not going to last. It doesn't have a foundation to, to remain upon, to stand upon. So it, it, it is going to eventually crumble. And if you're not left where you're trying to hold water in your hands successfully, uh, the other image that we have begins to talk about the falsehood, right? Uh, and this is what the falsehood speaks to. This is the Hebraic picture, right? And definition. The falsehood talks about, because this is what happens when a person is, uh, is bearing false witness, right? They're operating in falsehood, right? So it says they devour the back of the person. In other words, we, everything appears in the front space and the face aspect of thing. Everything appears to be hunky-dory, A-okay. We're good. We're leaning back like four flat Cadillac tires or, you know what I'm saying, some, some, some seats that go way back, right? It appears to be really, really good. All the while, they're planning to devour you from behind. And like it says in the definition, they don't know until it's too late you didn't you were unaware that the devouring was coming because they played the part the, the deception they knew how to look again i give an example you didn't plan to get in an argument with your significant other your spouse right and and they came like hey i need to talk to you everything appeared to be okay and 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 all of a sudden the conversation took a left turn and you're like what the father how do we get off here on exit 38 how do we get over here oh she mad you mad the children mad the dog mad because everybody fussing in the house 
it was too late. It came with the falsehood that, hey, we're going to have a good conversation. And even if the intent was to have a good conversation, sometimes we allow the enemy to plant seeds, causing us to get off on exit 38. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm 38, in Florida, the term I'm 38 hot, denoting I'm very angry. You have got off on exit 38. Yeah, that's the Passover. You understand? It's too late. It's too late. So we're gonna make sure you have an image and a better understanding of what I'm saying when you talk about this false witness that is speaking these lies. This is the nature. And so we must watch our character, right? So when we go back to the scripture, he said, listen, uh, uh, a man that bears false witness against his neighbor is a maul and a sword. And he said, he is also at a sharp arrow. He's a sharp arrow, right? And, and, and in the Hebrew, this arrow is talking about a piercer. I was leading with that with the sword. How many times have you pierced people with your words, right? Uh, but again, the, in the hands of the enemy, the tool that now the enemy now uses you as is a sharp arrow. And an arrow is used to pierce, right? It is a piercer that brings what? Division. It is a piercer to divide or to wound. So how many times have you brought wounds or wounded someone with your words? Or your words have now brought division. And because of the division that has come forth because of your words, there is now a wound there. And uh, here's, here's the other lie, the, the, the pretty lie. I didn't mean to say that. I didn't, I didn't mean to say that. Now, I, I, I understand that. This is what I understand. I, I think you meant to say it. But there, I do believe that there are times there are some things you don't really know how to say. And you can actually say it the wrong way. But see, that's where you have to have the discerning of spirits. When I say discerning of spirits, because words are spinning in their life, you must be able to discern the actual words to know, okay, there was no ill intent when they said that they, this just came out their mouth wrong. But there was really no ill intent that came forth out of the fountain of their heart. It just came out wrong. It sounded very wrong. It sounded very harsh, but there was no ill intent in the heart when it was spoken. Being able to discern the words. I give an example. I, I know my wife on mine. My wife is in school and she was, you know, one of the, I, I've had the opportunity of, of hearing her be in class and I've had the opportunity of hearing one of her professors speak and being a part of, you know, one of her professors, you know, uh, in, in the eyes of my wife, this was, this was, this, this was just brutal for, for her. The fact that she had to, you know, do this live examination, you know, on, on, on Zoom. And I had to be a partner like twice. I was a partner, you know what I mean? I'm trying to break the, the mold, just being myself like, hi, how are you? And, you know, trying to talk. She's like, please, please don't come in here talking to the teacher. Just be quiet. <laughs> right? So I'm thinking I'm trying to lighten the mood. But in her eyes, I was making it worse for her. She was like, Listen, I'm trying to go under the radar. Like, I don't need them putting eyes on me. Like, no, I just, just don't do nothing extra. Just be quiet. Just, just, just do what I need you to do. Right. And, and, and when she kept moving through this examination, you know, in her mind, because she was so frustrated about this process, she believed that the professor was really didn't have her best interest at heart. But that's not what I was discerning. I, so I said, I'm not close to the situation. I don't have the emotions invested in it like you do. Now, I feel for you because you're my spouse. But between me and this woman, there is nothing there. So I can judge it. I can sense it. I can discern it properly. 
I said, Risha, she, 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 she doesn't feel a certain way about you, Risha. I, I know you think she does, but she does not dislike you. She, 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 she's not trying to put a thumb on your head. None of these different things. No, no. I said, I, I, I said, what I believe God is saying about this woman, this woman is doing this because she's trying to have you well prepared. You will be well prepared more than the other students. And it came a point where my wife said, Lincoln, you know what? I just want to tell you was right. You know, a couple of days had passed, right? She was like, I just want to tell you were right. She said, because now I see what you were saying, God was saying about the woman. She said, because now here I am in a situation and the other students don't know what I know right now. In this moment, I said, look at God right there. I said, because God got it so that he's going to have you advanced more so than the other. He's setting you up to have you in a, a more advanced place than the other students. This is the favor of God. This is the grace of God that is pouring out upon your life, right? So understand, there are times that our words, you know, the enemy can use us as a sharp arrow for us to pierce people, pierce the hearts, pierce the mind of the individual, and there can be the vision that has come forward because we refuse to shut down what the enemy was trying to influence us with. The seeds or the words or the thoughts or the images that the enemy planted, we refuse to shut it down or cast them down there, I say, or speak crop failure to that seed that the enemy was trying to release in us. Crop failure, meaning this thing is not going to grow up. It is not going to produce anything negative or evil in my life. I speak crop failure to that seed from the enemy in the name of Jesus. So again, if the enemy is not using the, 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 the false witness to be a maul, a mallet, he's using him as a sword, a cutting instrument. And if not the mallet or the sword, he's using him as a sharp arrow to pierce, bring division. Bring division. Anytime there is division, there is confusion. So you got to check if, if, if when you come around, confusion comes. Know that the vision is somewhere lingering, hovering, waiting for an opportunity. It is near. Confusion will help bring the vision. And how many times we bring confusion stuff because we don't have all the facts? Instead of speaking from a place of truth or a place of knowing, we speak from a place of feeling. A place of emote. We emote. We throw our emotions on people. Oh, this is what I feel. I felt you said this, but that's not what I said. I know what you feel I said, but it's not what I said. This is what I said. Your feelings made you believe I said this, but this is what I said. And see, because we speak from the place of our emotions, we don't understand how. As if we feel we were hurt, we now allow the enemy to use us as an arrow. Well, no, I'm about I'm to pierce you since you pierced me. But I didn't say what I said for the, for the purpose of piercing. I said what I said for the purpose of truth. And what you must understand about truth, you're not going to always like it. Truth is not going to always feel good. But my intent was not to release this truth to pierce you. It was relief for the purpose of truth. That's just the truth. And, you know, what frustrates me sometimes with being in conversation with people, sometimes it's just like, this is the truth. And so many times people get caught up on how the truth was stand rather than the truth that was spoken or the message. Sometimes we get caught up on how the message was released versus the message. 
No, hear the truth. Forget how it came out. Is it the truth? I just need to know, is it the truth? I don't care if you yell the truth out. Is it the truth? Now, I'm not saying if you yell at me and if it's the truth that I'm not going to be slightly offended. I'm going to be slightly offended. But but on, on the other hand, I am also trying to hear to make sure what you yell was the truth. Because at the end of the day, nothing matters but the truth. And I need the truth. I can't lock myself into the position. I'm just so focused on how it was said to me. No, I need to understand what was said to me. So stop speaking based upon how you feel. And, and, and stop letting your feelings telling you this is what you heard and this is what they said. Because guess what? Your feelings, which, which is your affections and, and your emotions, remember that, 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 that spring or that fountain of defilement is about to defile this conversation. And the enemy is about to use you as a sharp arrow or a sword or a mallet. So I pray that you were encouraged as we talk about watching your witness. Watch what you allow the enemy to seed in your character, to be producing your character. That, that seed that now becomes watered by that defiled spring or that defiled fountain known as the heart. Because Matthew tells us what proceeds out of the heart. These are the things that defile a man. Watch your witness. Watch your character. Amen. I pray you were encouraged by the word of God.